I need everybody to know that Liz was uh, 15, no, actually five minutes late to this recording because apparently someone is too famous for the Loose Impediments podcast. Honestly, I have lots of people. I have appearances that I have to make. I have things that I have to upkeep. I have a schedule. Okay. You um, need to to make men on the internet feel really insecure about their own golf game. <laughs> Maya. It is amazing to me. Okay. I always felt this way about dudes on the internet, but man, if you want to piss a guy off, just like be a woman existing. Like, wow, you want to piss a boomer off, just say gender and see what happens. Also, I mean, like, I think what's really great about all of this is not only were you breaking Pinehurst, but you were breaking men on the internet. And I think that's really beautiful. You know what? You know what we should do? So this week's episode is already mapped out. Next week, we should just read comments. Just an hour of us reading comments. Oh, my God. I think that would be incredible because there are really... I have not looked at the Instagram. For folks listening, we're talking about Liz's debut on Random Golf Club series Breaking. And Liz broke Pinehurst and again, broke a lot of men. Um, But yeah, I haven't gone on the Instagram comments yet, but I was scrolling through the YouTube ones and being responding to everyone being like, Liz needs her own show and being like, she does. Wait. She has one. She's one half of what? Uh, Loose Impediments. Loose Impediments podcast. <laughs> uh, everybody, welcome back. This is the Loose Impediments podcast. As Maya said, I'm famous now, so I don't have to introduce myself anymore. You know who I am. And I'm Maya. I'm not famous. I'm just like the <laughs> fangirl of Liz and in the comment section being like, y'all are real insecure to be commenting on the fact that Liz, famously a professional golfer, made a bogey. That's what I think is. Okay, so I want to give some context too. So for anybody that is joining this podcast series, I had the... uh I'm not going to say honor. I had an opportunity to uh, <laughs> be part of a series that is done by Random Golf Club, where it's called the Breaking Series, where essentially what they do is they pick a group of golfers of all skill levels, high high handicappers or somebody that's new to golf, you know, somebody who's middle of the road kind of handicap and then a single digit or scratch, if not better, player. And you go play a really hard golf course from the farthest back tees so it's they've done tpc sawgrass from the tips and then they've done aaron hills and now i was part of pinehurst number two so if you haven't watched it yet you can find as of now today's my what's today's date i don't know i don't know i i think it might be i think it might be the the national international day of uh Gas, gas. Why did I just say gas? I mean, it is smoking gas, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? It's fucking. It's four twenty, baby. Smoking doobies with my brothers, dude. So anyway, yeah. So today is four twenty, and 
uh, episode two is on the internet. So please go to the YouTube, uh, the YouTube world. Uh, you could just go to random golf's YouTube page and you'll find episodes one and two. They're we'll also, incredible. We'll also they're, have they're them in our, on our link tree. So it's a little oh. bit easier, which oh. will be, which honestly, if you haven't checked out our link tree, it's going to be fire now because not only are we going to have Liz breaking it, breaking uh, Pinehurst, it but also, dudes. and dudes, but also right below that, you know what? Y'all can actually get in touch with Liz and get some dope coaching. Like, do you want <laughs> for all these men who are like, Nah, she's making bogeys. Can We're better than that? her. Uh, I think Christ. you should maybe take a lesson because I don't know how many three putts you're making, but I'm pretty sure you're edging in on four putts. I mean, famously, all these dudes on the comments threads are edge lords, so it makes sense that they are missing. Uh, and we putts. will shame you. Yeah, yeah, we, we will. will shame you. You know, I think that's like what's really so funny. Okay, so this series was amazing. The the people that are part of the production staff, I cannot uh, applaud them enough for the the crew that works at RGC. They're wonderful people. They do amazing work. I also want to make it very clear how like famously good golfers can make bogeys like you said Maya and I think that's what's so funny so immediately okay I'm getting a little ahead of myself me no but so going into this series you have to pick a number that you're trying to beat so that's the whole breaking you know reference so my I'm not going to give hints away I picked a number my the my one of my peers that was doing it with me also picked a number was the number sixty nine? No, but I, man, I should have done. I should have picked sixty nine for my brand. But if I shoot sixty nine from seventy five hundred yards at Pinehurst <laughs> number two, I am I am levitating everywhere that I go. You I'm are not the golf no god. longer walking. Yeah, I'm not walking anymore, bitch. I'm being carried wherever I go. But um, yeah, so my my two playing competitors or my two playing peers choose their numbers and go on. You better believe the first thing that people go after is that we are lying about our handicaps, which I think is so funny. Like, one, I think that that just says a lot about the dick sizes of a lot of dudes that are going to be like, they're lying. There's no way this guy's an eight handicap. It's like, and two, like, for just to kind of set the scene, we had 15, maybe 10 to 15 cameras following our group the entire time. And there's no, you couldn't find cadence. It's, it's inevitable. So when people, when like camera crew is trying to set up the camera so that they can follow your shot and like shot tracer and things like that, that takes setup time. So you could be mentally and physically ready to hit a shot and you have to wait. It's just name of the game. So you're trying to play one of the hardest golf courses in the country from the longest you've ever played. And one might you're say from environment. I'm so sorry one. to stop you, but like, I feel like you might've been playing from the NFTs. Nice fucking tits. The nice fucking tits, dude. Well, and that's the and thing tips. that, 
nice fucking tips. You're on fire, dude. The last like three days, you guys, Maya has just been pumping out the one liners. And I think that's so like, oh, we got to make merch, dude. It's because I'm drinking this nice fucking tips. Beautiful drink that probably is breaking my heart, uh, but it's called (laughs) Rain Energy Total Body Fuel. And it has it's a tall boy can that has 300 milligrams of caffeine in it. Maya, uh, that's you're just drinking. Speaking of gasoline, you're just drinking straight fucking gas, dude. Yeah, and I, guess what? It was three dollars, so cheaper than actual gas. Holy fuck, that's insane that you can purchase that much caffeine at such a low cost. Meanwhile, anyway, sorry, if I'm trying I interrupted to buy weed, you. <laughs> well, no the the moral of the story is that this breaking series, while it was incredible and it's really fun to watch yourself. It, it's impossible to know how anybody, any of our feelings, like, like it's impossible to know how we were feeling when we're playing that round. So it's so hilarious when people go straight to, oh, they're lying. Like, no context. Like, p- my par, that par there is 70. From 70, almost 600 yards, par is 70. Wait, what? I am playing, yes, motherfucker. Par was 70. So I am playing holes that are 520 yard par fours. I'm playing consistently. There were, there were, I think, two or three par fours that I had less than 200 yards into. And I hit it like Jesus. I can move the ball. It's not like I hit it 210. And so, like, looking at it's just so funny that people are like getting to the point where they just assume that it's our fault. Like they're not taking into any sort of like perspective of how the golf course is playing for us that day. Like I, I, and this kind of is a roundabout way to get to our topic of today, but people aren't, people don't care. I mean, this is also the majority of the, it goes without, it goes with saying that the majority of the comments have been wonderful like, I think that RGC really does a good job of creating a space where a lot of golfers feel comfortable and welcomed. And I think that's great. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> pause, but what I think is so funny is that, like, golf culture still has these, like, old school, like, boomer fuckers that just, like, seep through and will say the funniest shit like one one comment that actually he kind of nailed it right on the head is that um this guy was had said she looks like she's about to go out for milk and ciggies and i was like yeah that's how i should play golf comfortable enough to be able to just walk outside and not have to feel like i have to fucking cosplay myself and dress up like somebody that i don't feel like like me in a polo, I don't wear, I don't feel comfortable in a polo and a golf skirt. So I'm not going to wear that. Yeah. You know, and also, it, who does? Yeah. What if you need right. to climb a tree? That is my whole thing. I'm not going to wear a skirt because what if I need to climb a tree? And also, most importantly, a lot of golf courses don't have regular interval toilets. So you bet mm-hmm. your ass I'm going to go pee in the woods. Right. And that's hard to do. If oh I'm my God. And also like, 
you're bending down to read putts. And if you're in a skirt, like maybe that's not how you feel the most comfortable. Anyway, there's a laundry list of things. But so what's so funny. So so today's topic and what's on my golfing mind is performance anxiety. And I'm not talking about just in the bedroom, folks. I'm talking about the golf course. Okay. So, but my anxiety that I had that day was really similar to the same playing anxiety that I had when I was playing full-time. And I think it's so incredible to watch from like my own disassociated perspective now of how I was feeling that day. And I wish I had more of that footage when I was playing full-time, which famously, you know, I don't because why watch women's golf? You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, it's just so funny to like, even see my performance change. Like the first three holes, I was nervous as fuck. And I had no, like, no barometer. Like I couldn't, I couldn't rein it in. You know, I couldn't find my, find my flow, my peace, my live life. Maybe you should go to Bali. Maybe I I should go to Bali. I think that's where I'll find my peace. You need to eat, pray, love this shit. I need to eat, pray, love this shit. Um, but what I will say is that I really, my only spoiler alert is that I really started to find my cadence, especially after the par three, that's, uh, 240 yards and I had to hit a driver. I start hitting some really good. Yes. Wait, that was a par three. That was a par three fucker. And I hit a drive. Like I hit this laced, like hold off driver. That was like, so good. Like so saucy. Anybody, anybody that's listening to this podcast, you don't have that shot in the bag. I'm just yeah. going to tell you this right now. You don't yeah. have that shot. And I, yeah. Yeah. That's that was a part so, of I'm, now I'm like, how, what would I like, like mm-hmm. the whole before that was, um, no, I'm sorry. Two holes before that was a 515 yard par four. <laughs> Now I'm like, how would I play that hole? Because famously I've hit, I now hit 300 yard drives. <laughs> famously Maya hits it way past me, but well, they but I can't fucking they know finish. You hit it 300 they, I can't yeah, fucking well, finish. I mean, that's besides the point. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares when you hit a 300 yards? Honestly, who cares what, if you hit a green from there? No one. But so, yeah, so it's, it's so like, I wouldn't say it honestly, it feels therapeutic to watch this footage and be like, man, like you felt that way for so long when you were playing. And now I am very thankful that I'm able to tee it up and not feel that way. Like even, you know, this year and last year when I would play competitively, yeah, I would still get like the first tee jitters. And if I fuck up, it's not as, internalized just like when i'm watching this footage of me playing this golf tournament and i famously start out with a triple yeah i was like oh i wish i could have that hold back but it doesn't it doesn't resonate in the same way as it did you know when we were playing yeah so i really wanted to talk about our balance in performance the anxiety that it creates and then how that inevitably dictated how we felt as people yeah, because you know I, I, I mean, like exactly what you're saying, and I'm, I'm still struggling with it now. But mm-hmm. it's almost like this thing where we internalize bad shots or a bad hole as being indicative of who we are as golfers. Like mm-hmm. if I, 
like, I don't know. I was at Five Iron yesterday or two days ago just trying to get my numbers dialed in or just like a general view on my numbers for all of my clubs. Yeah. And I, every single time I miss hit something there and like, it's not, it's basically on any driving range that I'm at or like any course I'm playing. If I miss hit something, I'm like, Oh fuck. Everybody's now finding out that I'm not good. I'm, I've mm-hmm. been found out. And then I, yeah freak the fuck out even though I know that golf is all about like you're gonna hit good shots you're gonna hit bad shots and being a good player is making sure your bad shot like learning how to control your bad shots so you can actually Mm -hmm. work them but like it's gonna happen so I think one of the biggest like misnomers about really high level golf is that yeah like I think the misnomer is that people think that there's one way to play good golf and that's just to make never fuck up or make a lot of birdies like that kind of like avenue of like you're perfect all the time. And that's so not true. Yeah. And so, you know, it's even like when I see these like funny comments, which also uh, by the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be off of my story. I should I should save that story that I posted today. That was some of my best work. <laughs> yeah, save it. You know make which it one a, I'm talking about. Make it a highlight. Make it a post. Make it a permanent post. Yeah, that's a good point. I need to do that. But one of the comments that I uh, received on this uh, series, which like also disclaimer, I we will find your comment. Like you better believe that between Maya and I, we're looking at every single one of them so if you want to try to hide motherfucker you're not gonna we hide. will find we have a particular set of skills we, have a we will find you and it's to find your lurch comments especially when they're thrown at women that are just trying to play golf you stupid anyway so one of the comments that i received was you know uh, it, about this whole line of like oh she's lying about her handicap one person says well, she's probably a scratch from the forward tees. I think he said ladies tees, but I, he's right. That's correct. I am a scratch golfer from my appropriate length tees. Which so is when like I teed up, 65 to 6,700 is usually... Anything under 6,500 yards, I'm a scratch golfer. If I'm playing at 69... Nice. nice. <laughs> if I'm playing from 6,900 yards or above... No, I'm probably not a scratch, you stupid motherfucker. So, like, this is what, like, I think that's that big misnomer, is that people need to always be perfect when they're playing golf. So then even when you're, regardless of your skill level, you know, you're a, you're a tour player or you're, uh, you know, just somebody who's trying to play around before they're, you know, they go to work. It's like, you, there's a lot of pressure to always just be perfect. And that's and it so doesn't... not what golf is about. I was going to say kind of to that point, right? Like there's a lot of, I don't know, insecure, insecurity, especially on behalf of dudes, right? That they have to be good from the back tees. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I think that's so, that's just annoying. It's hilarious because it's like play from where it doesn't matter what tease you play from right like that's not a shot or a commentary to your ego or to your masculinity it's just it's just just a tea and like I don't know if you want to play good golf 
you start out like at you know, you start from the forward tees, right? Like, and then you build, you like get your game and then you slowly move back. If like, I don't know, like for us playing competitively, right? Like you start at the front tees, you kind of hone your game, like those basic parts, right? Mm -hmm. Then you move back and you get back to the tees that you're going to play in competitive (sighs) rounds. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you have to, you, you have to take baby steps, right? And that's how you get good and so like if you and I really wanted to play from the tips and be good at the you know like playing from the tips then we would just start slowly increasing the distances that we're playing on the course and we can get to that point but it's like yeah this isn't fucking like and that this is what I think is just so funny about like I'm very thankful that we are getting into a world that is, I feel like we've been really welcomed with open arms and we're really thankful for that. You know, like this is the first, uh, this is a lot of first, this is my first time, but this is a lot of firsts for us in terms of like feeling comfortable expressing ourselves on a golf course or even the way we talk about golf, the way we feel about it, like just our relationship in golf is so much different and healthier now. We talk about it all the time. But so many times people are still hang, clinging on to this sense of there's a right way to play golf and there's a wrong way to play golf. And that's so not true. And you know what I want to say? I want to say two things to these men. You are very angry. You don't need to be angry. Go to a therapist. And you know what else you should do? You know what I'm going to say, Maya. Kiss a man. Kiss a man. You'll be fine. Yeah. You're not going to want to play the tips yeah. anymore. Just kiss kiss, a, kiss a dude. You'll be fine. It's so like 1950s to continue to harbor this like insecure masculinity. Because it really like is. it's it literally says nothing about you if Liz and I beat you because we will. Um right. We will. And, you know, to, it, it's, it's, it's written in the stars. It's written in the Bali stars. Okay. And to be honest, like, I think it is just like, again, most of the comments have been wonderful. It's really fun that the world, they love me, Maya. They really love they me. Do. They really, you've got several proposals. I mean, get in line, fuckers. <laughs> And I got the hottest man in the world. Actually, so this Michelin oh, this star was, chef. I, yeah, I have a Michelin star chef. So th- that would be like me saying like, if I saw him make something on the internet and be like, he's lying. He can't cook. <laughs> it, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're in law school. You're in law school. at you. Oh, you're a Penn law school. You're a moron. You're dumb. <laughs> Famously, I can't read. I'm, a, I'm gay. So therefore, my entire um, crusade is to end gay literacy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I've done it for myself. You know, I, 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 I'm so proud of you. Destroy from within. Yeah, it's true. It's Destroy the Trojan horse. The Trojan, the Trojan horse, horse. The Trojan horse is making Penn Law dumber. But I do. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's hilarious. And I like, again, just kiss a man and you'll be OK. But one of the things that I really um, wanted to highlight with this whole discussion of like, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm so thankful that we are on this side of golf now, instead of just playing through emotional turmoil. Like I distinctly remember the day that I, I remember the tournament. I remember the whole, 
I remember the exactly where I was when I realized that I did not, I wasn't equipped. My mental health wasn't equipped to handle what I was doing. And it was when I was playing in the season debut of my last year. It was on the then Symmetra tour. We were playing at Winter Haven, Winter Haven Country Club. I was on the 10th hole and I was like, my, my boyfriend at the time was caddying for me. And I just remember being like, telling him how nervous I was because I had never experienced really high level and all consuming anxiety. So I, I, it felt like nerves to me, but it, it was, it wasn't. I, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even speak. And, you know, he was, he's a, he's a great dude. And he was just trying to like help me through that. And once I settled four or five holes into my round, I was like, okay. And I remember at, after the end of that round, I was like, wow, I feel out of control of my emotions. Mm-hmm. And that was my last year playing on tour because I was like, this shit's for the birds, man. Like doing something that feels bigger than yourself with no, you're not helping anybody else. It's just you. And this, this, this big cloud is in front of you. Golf is this big thing that's in front of you and it's just yourself feels all consuming. And the, the issue is, is that when you play, you are forced into thinking that it is your, your self, your performance is your, your happiness, your undoing, your, you know, and, and we're, we were, I don't want to say we were bred to feel that way, but we were, we were programmed to feel that way when we were really young. And that's yeah. what playing does to you at a high level. And it's also like, I mean, for both of us, right? Like being golfers is a part of our identity. And especially when we were younger playing junior golf, right? Like mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I am a golfer, right? Mm-hmm. And that... You know, like kind of claiming that identity of being an athlete is super, super empowering. But like exactly what you're mm-hmm. saying, it's like fucking all consuming. Like, I don't know, for me, I and I still have it now, but it's like this anxiety of proving my worth, like proving mm-hmm. that I belong here. Mm-hmm. And like it, it sucks because it's like. I'm fine. Like you were saying, it's like, that's lessening, but just yeah. thinking back on like playing at the highest level, like in these super intense, um, competitive rounds, it, it's just, I don't know. Like it, it was hard, like in, in having to battle between, and I know like the same is true for you and so many other, like uh, women athletes playing on the tours, like mini tours up to LPGA. But it's like, we also have to deal with like a lot of keyboard warriors and folks on the course that are like, nah, like there's no way that a woman can be good. Right. And like for folks, man, Angie men, Angie men, it's always men. It's always men. Yeah. It's always men. Before anybody is doing this whole like gender, (laughs) Like, again, you want to piss somebody off, just say the word gender. You yeah. want to piss somebody over the age of 45 off, just say gender. But Well, even younger, too. Always. Oh, well, yeah. Even even those guys, even those people's children are still, you know, part of this whole, like, there's two genders. But it's so funny that that men always, like, the threat, the like, the nerve of me to wear a 
non-collared shirt on a golf course was very upsetting to a lot of dudes. And Which what's is really like... funny is I wanted to clarify with that one person that was so one of the comments that I received first off my outfit I looked so good. I look hold ripped. on I can I'll pull up the comment so I can give a bit yeah. of context. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, I also just like as a side note, it, I mean, like it's super gross because it shows how much like golf culture and, you know, like all of these dudes, right? Like mm-hmm. they're everyday golfers. They're just like weekend warriors mm-hmm. are policing, particularly women and how we show up on the golf course. And like Liz and I talk about this all the time, but it's like when you're you also have different intersectional marginalized identities then it's like like i know for me it like the performance anxiety and then also that kind of like no i belong here look at me wearing mm-hmm. a collared shirt look at me wearing kind of like the status quo thing to mm-hmm. not have to battle in addition to <laughs> needing to like hit a drive down the fairway and not go OB. Um, mm-hmm. I have to like worry about what other people are thinking. And like, yeah. that's like, like you were saying about how you felt at that tournament, right? Like that's also like a big reason and like a, what I felt and why I stepped away. And I'm still like, I don't know, it still hurts. And I'm still oh like, God, yeah. sad and angry right. about it and feel like a failure. And it's like, yeah. I don't ins- know how and, many and, times. Yeah. I don't know how many times a week I think, man, if I just practice for a little bit more, I could, I could get back out there. But I think too, like that all goes into that melting pot of why it's so hard to just be a woman in golf. And, you know, like it's kind of like what we were talking about with last week of there's no right way for a woman to be on a golf course without them getting martyred. Right. Like yes. if you choose to be if you choose to be hot, because <laughs> I firmly believe that hotness is a choice. But besides that, like if you choose to maybe wear a tank top or, you know, you got the girlies, the titties are high and tight and out. Or if you choose to wear longer, longer skirts or whatever, there's no there's no right. There's no OK way. You're going to be you're going to be ripped apart for it anyway. I had a, I had basically like, it wasn't a Nike. Sh- I had basically a Nike dry fit long sleeve. I took that off to basically wear a Nike dry sleeve, sh- uh, Nike dry short sleeve. And I had pants on and I still was getting, people were still like, what is she wearing? She looks like she's going to go get six. And guess what? I did. I smoked a cigarette that afternoon and it was great. I, I so kind of, but yeah, just there's to no give- right, there's no right way. To give some examples of uh, what exactly we're talking about in the comments section, um, here's one. Liz, thanks for dressing up. I used to work (laughs) at Waverly Country Club. Those clothes would never fly. Put the F ball through the hole and it goes in. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, Yeah, it's... (laughs) Looks like she just popped out for a pint of milk and some ciggies. And it's like also famously, who even just drinks milk? We're all lactose I, intolerant. Yeah, but honey, if it's oat milk, that I could I would actually wear that to go get oat milk and cigarettes. I mean, like, 
I'm a staunchly almond and soy milk girl. Wow. Wow. I love almond. Okay. Like I have some, I'm going to make okay. a protein shake after this with some almond milk. Okay. Vanilla well, flavor. whatever. You know what? Don't, 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 I can't be yucking your yum and I'm yucking your yum right now. And I'm sorry about that. Again, I'm in, I'm in basically the equivalent of a well-fitted t-shirt and pants. And the, it's kind of insane that, like, I mean, I think that shows the misogyny and the sexism because if you look, mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking That's Will so Zalatoris, who has, like, painted on, as Drew would say, painted on pants where you can just see the outline of his briefs, right? right. Like, And, and, you've got and then somebody- also, well, I was just going to say, like, also on the LPGA and any of the women's tours, like what most of us are wearing are shorts and then some version of like a dry fit like an athletic shirt not everybody and even nike and all of these golf like outfitters the trend now is having the blade collar and like the mock neck and it's like that's not you know joggers too yeah you're gonna fuck it i just think i think it's so like it's important you know, I think this is just a case study of how impossible it is for a woman to just like win on a golf course, like in a in a golf world. Like Pinehurst is golf culture in a it, it in in a lot of ways. Like these big golf courses, these big golf complexes dictate golf culture. Pinehurst, Bandon, Sweetens Cove. You know, like these like big big complexes. They have multiple golf courses, like. People are flying in all over the world to stay here, and it's like a full immersion trip. Pinehurst is not in a; it's not like in a big city. So when you stay there, you stay on the property. You're playing golf always. Like you, it's not like you're just sprinkling in golf here. Or there, you go there to play golf. So you know you have so many people that make that their fucking identity. You know, if I were to say mm-hmm. like abandoned dudes. If I were to say, like, think of a guy that is just going to go play band in the dunes. Oh, I, I feel like. It is. But it's like, that's a Connor. personality type. I, no, but I feel like band in dunes. Shade. I don't know. My, that was so my read. My read on band is that it's like a lot more accessible in terms of like intense, crusty golf culture than like a Pinehurst. Yes. Yeah. Pinehurst but, uh, still you know, has that Southern. Yeah. And then I kind of like another really, and I, I, both of us really encourage y'all to check out this article. Um, and I think the, the new episode this week of group golf therapy, where the boys are talking about Connor's trip down to Augusta. Um, but it's like, look at Augusta, right? Like Augusta has traditionally set the tone for golf culture. And I think the article that I was mentioning by Christine Fraser is like, about this I don't know like uh, horniness for Augusta's pristine nature and how that's influenced the way different clubs have kind of like set up because they want to meet the standard they want to kind of be have that prestige feel and it's like that's it's a fucking it's golf birds, course, man. It's like, just a fucking sport. Like, like try I, playing a dog track like we had to do for the mini tours and like Symmetra. Like we're playing shitty, fu- you know, like a lot of shitty fucking courses, but it's right. still like it's still a golf course. Like, you know, it 
I, I still have fun out there. Like, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed if the greens are aerated, but it's still a fucking golf course. And I think it's still fun to go play out there. It's challenging. It's a different type of yeah. challenging, but like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. I mean, you know, I think that looking back on again, like there were so many correlations between how I felt in those first couple of holes and how I felt back in winter Haven when I was so just like, you know, it was such a polarizing feeling for me and especially in relation to my career at the time. And, you know, I think that the least that we are owed to ourselves is to enjoy this stupid game that we always just keep coming back to regardless of how we play. I'm going to have a golf club in my hand tomorrow, whether I'm teaching or playing or practicing or whatever. Like I touch, I'm in golf Golf is inside of me every day. It is. I am inside of golf. I'm in the wet, dark holes of golf. The balls and shafts are a part of us. I'm there. I'm so there. But I think that it's that we are, we deserve to feel safe and accepted and anxious free, anxiety free when we are playing golf. And, you know, it's just, again, it's like so it's just so interesting to remember how I felt that day in relation to how I felt at a golf tournament uh, five plus years ago. And I still remember this feeling as clear as day. And I, one of the things too, that I um, wanted to um, highlight is a couple of things that really helped me and I would love for you to share those as well, Maya, like a couple of practices that helped me uh, take it a little easier on myself out there. And it wasn't just, oh, just go practice. You know, like I, I try to make it clear to a lot of the students that I teach that my job was not playing professional golf. It was just practicing golf. So, you know, a, a common work week, I'm using work week for me at the time was I practice anywhere from 40, 40 plus hours a week. My full-time job was to practice if I wasn't traveling and then the weekend comes and it's time for me to play golf. So, you know, Monday to Wednesday, I'm of tournament week. I am either traveling, doing a couple of, you know, tidying up drills or things to prep for the round. And then I'm playing a lot of practice rounds. So practice practicing golf was what I considered my full-time job. That isn't just going to that in and of of itself did not help me play better golf. It didn't, it didn't necessarily help me feel better on the golf course is what I should say. Um, so Maya, would you like me to start or would you like to start of what really helped you out on the golf course? I don't know. Or just like like, feel better. I I mean, I think that like, Wow. I love right now. The only reason why I'm looking at my phone is because literally everybody and their mother is sending me the new Thor Love and Thunder poster that is Natalie Portman as Natalie. the mighty Thor. And mighty we Thor. are That's blessed. Gonna be so sick. Oh my we God. are blessed that there's going to be so much Natalie, good shit this year that she's back as Jane and not just as Jane as the mighty Thor. It's 
just incredible. Anyways, so cool. it's hot. She's hot. She got swole for it. And I am just hoping she, for one of those. She's ripped. Like the classic, you know, the classic moment. Um, a la Padme Amadala in Attack of the Clones, where for no absolutely no reason her shirt gets ripped off in half. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> right. amazing, right. flawless. Right. But yeah, right. no, I mean like feeling more comfortable on the golf course like I'm still trying to figure that out but I know like a big part when I think back to playing competitively like a really really big part that made my anxiety worse and my mental health worse is basically because the culture it it felt like there was no room it wasn't okay to be anxious it wasn't okay Mm -hmm. to basically have any mental health struggles because I remember people just being like, go find a mental coach. Like, and the mental coach is just going to be like, this is Oof. how you, yeah, it's like, Breathe. don't think Breathe about, on the golf course, you'll be fine. don't think about your swing thoughts. Your swing thoughts should just be to flow through the ball. And it's like, no, like that's just shifting. I don't know. For me, that made more anxiety for me, like made me more anxious. Cause I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. Like, the only way I'm going to be good, the only way I'm going to solve this is to like throw myself even more, you know, like hyper focus on this new swing thought and that uh-huh. that's going to make it all disappear because the problem right. is, is that I need to cure my anxiety as opposed to like now when I think about it, like now what I've been really trying to working on work on when I go play and honestly, Sam has been like truly incredible like I wish she was my caddy when I was playing competitively um why so you guys could kiss yeah so we could fuck on the golf course um (laughs) uh no but Hmm. it's kind of being like it is okay to be anxious it's okay to be nervous um it's okay you know like it's I think it was Billie Jean King so Billie came and spoke to um all of the like women's sports captains um at my undergrad senior year and I was like freaking the fuck out um but one of the things that she said that really really stuck with me is how she interacted with her nerves and like she was like you know I I've been working on and what has really worked for me is just embracing them just acknowledging that I'm nervous acknowledging that I'm anxious and that is okay like that's not Mm -hmm. something to like overcome or to push away that's just what's happening and like that's what I keep trying to do and it's hard because the sport doesn't and I think sports in general do not leave room for athletes to be anxious to have mental health struggles mm-hmm. um and like thank God for like Naomi Osaka and uh, Simone oh, Biles yes. who have mm-hmm. been you know like incredible athletes, the top of their game being like, yeah, you know this isn't the be all end all like I need to yeah. take care of myself right um, but yeah, I mean like that and a lot of therapy like if you if somebody is like go do a mental coach or read this book about like mentality and mental health or whatever it's like not even mental health it's just like how to be what's like golf zen or the zen of golf is like that infamous book that everybody Mm -hmm. like would recommend to me um go to therapy 
Like therapy is really great. And it's not a judgment on who you are as a person. It's like an incredible space to talk and to process what you're going through. Yeah. And for me, like that meant, you know, like learning a lot of skills on like, Mm -hmm. how do I interact with my anxiety on the golf course? Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, acknowledging the fact that I'm putting way too much value judgment in a bad shot as being reflective on who I am as a person. Yeah. so like those are those are my things and I'm still trying to figure it the fuck out because I I mean like Liz and I are playing in the Mari invite at the end of May and I'm over here I'm over here feverishly feverishly trying to dial (laughs) dial my my swing in dial Um, it in buddy dial it in you know getting that swing speed up famously I use my speed sticks just today Ah, oh, damn it! Somebody can somebody send me some speed sticks because they're very expensive. I mean, that's how literally I was like, I put it on my story one day. I was like, "Hey, who's got an extra set of speed sticks?" Drew B had some, and he sent them to me. <laughs> wow, Drew, stop yeah. Asian hate. <coughs> Homophobia. It's rampant. Homophobia. <laughs> rampant across. What country. about yeah? What about you? Yeah. So I think that a lot of a lot of what you said is kind of what I was thinking when you know, like when we were kind of talking, when we were talking earlier in the episode of like, you know, when you start playing at a really young age and you're so playing focused that it's inevitable that your, you know, personality kind of weaves into your success. I wish that at a younger age, like I got my first, apart from my dad who helped me in my golf, my first swing coach was like, I was like 10 or 11 years old. I didn't see a therapist until I was 28 years old for the first time. Yeah, I was 23. Yeah. And I think that is what really, you know, obviously therapy is not like, there's a lot of work that goes into therapy on, on yourself. Like you have to really challenge the way that you feel about things, the way that you interpret things, the way that you then spit out whatever you want to say. Like, it's not just the act of going to see a therapist is not going to, to be like, Great. Problem solved. Just like breathing isn't going to take away your anxiety on a golf course. But, you know, I wish so badly that when I was in college and when, I mean, obviously I was going to, in high school, this was the 2010s. I graduated high school in 2010. So things like therapy were not even, you know, I was never even introduced to therapy until college. So the idea of me carrying baggage and trauma all led into this performance again this like black hole of performance anxiety so then in college I remember my coach in college who I I do have a lot of respect for and I again like I think that the idea of mental health and improving your mental health was not really a thing when I was in college So I remember once we, one year, we all had to go see a therapist. That was like what she asked us to do. I saw a therapist one time and it was just like, she was just trying to get my paperwork. She was just trying to find out who I was, like where I'm from. It wasn't, you know, one time isn't going to, to, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not just one time and then you're done. And that, you know, I, I'm so grateful that I was able to, come to therapy on my own terms as an adult. But I think it's 
something that I craved and needed so desperately when I was younger. So one thing that's, that's the thing that's really helped me the most is just understanding that your emotional trauma needs to be helped and paid attention to just as much as your physical, what your body goes through. So, and having, having anxiety, having, you know, like being depressed, having any type of mental health diagnosis does, it's like not bad. It's like not a bad thing. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's, Mm. that's just how it is. Right. Like it's it's a part of you and it's not a bad thing up there. No. Yeah. It's just your brain is being dumb sometimes. (laughs) Right. Just like I don't, I'm terrible at math. No. But what I will say is that, you know, while my uh, anxiety on the golf course is not my fault, it is my responsibility. So the, the way that I feel about myself on a golf course is I'm saying anxiety, but it's a lot more than that. That's a, I'm using that as a catch all term for a lot more adjectives, but that is my responsibility to alleviate or at least try to alleviate. You know, I'm always going to try to find another way to make myself feel more comfortable on a golf course. Just like I decided to not wear polos or I decided to uh, have my tattoos show. <laughs> we didn't even talk about those comments yet. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, I'm going to be extra excited because I'm getting my sleeve filled out like next month. Yes. So I'm stoked. Gorgeous. To, to I've never seen for for how many angry men we saw on the internet i've never seen so many pick me boys with tattoos on the internet oh yeah they're all like i have a sleeve pick me and it's like <laughs> girl girl shut that's okay. up Great. your that's tattoos amazing. are probably stupid and i say it's that like a having... and a rose petal roses um, i know I'm, what else my most an basic- owl my most basic tattoo is the first one that I got when I was 18 yeah, on the always. day that Amy Winehouse died in Camden. Um, no. In, and it not says, get an Amy Winehouse tattoo. No, I didn't. It was in honor of um, uh, one of my, my best childhood friend who had passed away in high school. Um, no. But it's a cursive dare on the underside of my wrist. And it's really fucking basic. And I love that. I love drugs the story, are, but it's wait. What's dare dare for not to do drugs? I say <laughs> while like smoking a joint, which is like the best. Happy four twenty. Happy four twenty. But um, yeah, lots of pick me boys. But w- w- I want to still um, kind of provide some resources that did help me. So in the same in the same context with with therapy, I also did have a mental coach that really helped me um, change while my anxiety and my, my, whatever, uh, all those emotions I still had, but at least when I started working with my, uh, sports psychologist, he really did help me kind of like the, the Billy King method of like embracing that a little bit more. Um, so when I was playing, I worked with, uh, Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob Rotella, and he really helped me realize that, uh, golf is not outcome based. It's not performance based. It is, you know, that whole moment to moment type mentality really helped me out. Um, I'm not saying you need to call Dr. Bob right now because I was lucky that I had immense amount of privilege to get me to work with him in the first place. I had somebody pay for it. 
I had a sponsor pay for it. It was great. I, I would not have been able to do it if I didn't have that immense amount of uh, privilege. So, but what I will say is kind of like with therapy, seek professional help to assist with those kind of things. So if it's not golf, if you're feeling like, you know, any, any part of your life, job, happiness, a relationship or whatever, seek professional help that is going to help you think about your behavior in a different way. And maybe you can start to embrace those parts of yourself. Um, and honestly, a huge part of my change on the golf course is just allowing myself one, like piece by piece of my personality, allowing those parts of me to come through a lot more on a golf course. Again, that's a lot of privilege. That's a lot of self-assuredness. And that's a lot of um, safety in my privilege. Like, you know, I'm able to let my tattoos be visible. I'm able to maybe, I don't know, curse. Those are parts of me that are just who I am. It's who I just wake up and that's the things that pour out of my mouth. But I'm able to do that through a lot of privilege. Well, and like just showing up as yourself, I, I think like it it's even kind of like those of us who do have the privilege of doing that, it just creates mm-hmm. more space for other folks to be able to do it as well. And Absolutely. I am so sorry to interrupt, but I do have to run in a few minutes. So I, I wanted to get to our lip do. out. Oh, God. This is the lip out. Oh no, it lived out. And we'll do a, an IG live on this to to get more into because mental health mm. like is huge and important. Um, and our boys over at Group Golf Therapy do a lot uh, of work kind of like talking about mental health. So absolutely go check them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But our lip out. Oh, we didn't. What's talk. our lip out? <laughs> what is our lip out? Uh, we never have a lip out, you guys. This we never is, have a lip out. Um, um, what is your uh, top three favorite holidays with good candy? Like rank oh. the holidays that have the best candy. Okay. First off. Okay. Okay. I love this question. Okay. My birthday. Okay. That's a holiday because so help me God, if it's not about me, I'm not coming. I'm not showing up. If it's not all about Liz, I'm not going there. So my birthday, my mom makes so many good, like Midwest treats Two Christmas. Duh. Again, no, no. I release my inhibitions just like I release my fucking button on my pants. I'm eating everything at Christmas time. Third Easter, because I like pastels. But All right. I also celebrate white holidays. So I don't I don't have access to a lot of non-white holidays. Oh, well, I also Christian holidays. I, should say. I also celebrate white holidays because the aesthetic is just fun. It's fun to have reasons to celebrate. Indian candy is like dope as fuck. And that I'm will be like that Indian a candy. whole Indian sweets. Just I could do a whole thing on that. I know. I know a couple um, Indian sweets. But is it me? Is it me? No, it's your it's your butt. But yeah, oh, it's thank you. you, thank you. Anyway, um, so for me, I would go Easter because Cadbury eggs, which we have so many Cadbury eggs in the fridge right now. Um, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I would go Halloween, um, just because obviously, 
I love, you know, it's like classic, but I, you know, I I love Halloween candy um, because Mm -hmm. it's a holiday about candy. Um, And then, you know, I think I would go Christmas too because I I want some chocolatey fudge. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go. You can't, you know, this is, that's Jesus's birthday. And I think that's really important to remember that he He has risen. Jesus has risen and he is inside of me. So anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. I mean, you know, talk to again we we really want to make uh this like a open open conversation so if you struggle with anxiety holler you can find me over at shank.haney or just search jock Cousteau. and i'm at maya s ready on ig and then obviously follow us uh at the loose impediments loose dot impediments on instagram Please. um and with that i'm going to bounce because i'm running late um but i love all Bye. of you and stop being insecure yeah don't be angry love you guys bye